Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. We're around the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina with my co-host, Limit Million from the state of Texas, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Steve Porter from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, and Brian Christian. Jen Coleman from the state of New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Church of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508 or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. Just type in your browser, Blog Talk Radio. Go to the top left-hand tab, tap that live tab there, and you will see over 1,800 live shows on this website, but you will consistently find this radio show on pages one through four of that website. You will find this show on page one tonight. What a blessing. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions or comments for my co-host, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B. Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and step along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host on the show this evening, Dr. Frank Washington and Courtney Carruthers as they break into our listeners, the bread of life, and also my co-host Clay Phillips as 
He answers our question that on the hearts of so many, we just pray to continue to bless them and their families that they may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you would bless our listeners who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you, and that their hearts may be pricked. That will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. In the first segment, my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, he serves with the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, we have a question from my shouted-out platform on social media on Facebook, and we'll be posing to my co-host, Clay Phillips. He serves as the evangelist with the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. And then to close out the show, my co-host, Courtney Carruthers, he's the evangelist with the Colonial Village Church of Christ in Chicago, Illinois, and he'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles now and open your minds, and let's have a great show. After the break, the next voice should be that of my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Let 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Stevie B. Good to be able to talk to you and all of your great listeners uh, on this program uh, on tonight. I want to begin by asking a question that I'm sure all of us are familiar with. Do you have a need? I'm sure everybody listening tonight has a need. Most everyone uh, have several important needs. And I'm just going to mention a few here before we get started. Some are looking at uh, family problems. Everyone has a family problem that they need resolved. And some are looking at uh, money problems, financial problems, uh, problems with their children, some of you are having problems with your own soul and realize that you are uh, lost. Some are looking at sicknesses uh, and the diseases that uh, are running rampant in our society today, and you're wondering what lies ahead for me. Uh, some are looking at their parents and realizing that uh, they may not, they won't be living here forever. Start all day and all night uh, dealing with the many problems and needs that people have, but. In the midst of your problem, or in the midst of our problems, because I have problems too, we need someone to help us, amen? We need someone who can, uh, we can turn to for our solution. We need God and Jesus in our life. We don't need him to lift every burden. No, no, no. We don't need him to lift every burden, just the heaviest. We don't need Jesus. We don't need God to move every mountain. No, no, no. Just the highest. We don't need God to give us the whole loaf of bread, just a crumb. And that's the situation we're looking at in this passage tonight. Jesus is being approached by a mother uh, who's in a desperate situation. She needs something in her life. She she comes to the Lord, as and as she does, She's not looking for a whole meal. She's not looking for the chicken and the uh, the veal and the steak and all that stuff and the mashed potatoes. I know it's making you hungry, but she's not looking for the whole meal. She's just asking for crumbs. She's just asking Jesus to move in her situation. Well, Jesus was just told has has just told the Pharisees and scribes, his disciples and the multitude that. Nothing in and of itself is unclean. 
If you look at Mark 7, 14, 16, that's where you get your background, and that's where we get our background for this lesson tonight. He told them that defilement is from within. His message was simple. What a man is in his heart is what he truly is. But as soon as that encounter was over, Jesus and his disciples go to Tyre and Sidon, which is in the heart of Gentile territory. So once again, they find or they try to get some rest from the pressures of uh, of the ministry. And brothers and sisters, let me let you know right, right now, there's pressure in the ministry. And I'm sure these brothers who are on uh, tonight will tell you there, there are pressures. It's not easy. There are pressures in the ministry. But we're told in verse 24 that he could not be hid. Uh, Jesus could not. Uh, be hid and, and that is always the case when Jesus is in a person a family when Jesus is in a church when he is in a community uh, or wherever we are Jesus simply cannot be hidden the word is going to get out that he Jesus God is in the house and that's why we should do everything we can to ensure that we create an atmosphere where Jesus can work among us. Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans, uh, recently did a, a devotional one day, and I want to kind of give you a gist of what he said. He said, one day a man was in line behind another man at the store. In the air, there was a beautiful aroma. He took a deep breath and figured out where the smell was coming from. He said, excuse me, sir. Uh, he said to the man in front of him, but you smell like roses. The second man smiled and said, yes, I'm a florist. I stand in the flower shop all day, so I smell like the place where I hang out. What about you? What do you smell like? Where do you hang out spiritually, my friend? With whom do you hang out when folk, are, uh, when folk take a sniff of you? What, uh, what are they going to smell? I tell you what, if you're in the presence of God on a regular basis, then I'm sure that his love is going to wave out on you like it was always meant to, a beautiful aroma that people uh, can't help but notice. Amen. But in this text, a burdened mother locates Jesus. She begins to petition him for uh, the help she needs. She faces several, several challenges, but she persists. And she gets what she came for. So as I teach this lesson today, uh, tonight, I want you to understand that there is hope for you as there is hope for me. Because God has the solution to our problems. Amen. And I want to share just a few thoughts from the passage that may help us find what we need for our own lives today. And so I want to talk to you about just a few minutes. Pass the crumbs. Pass the crumbs. First, let's examine verse 25 through uh, verse 26, the mother and her request. The reason for her coming, this woman came to Jesus because she was concerned about her daughter, as any good parent would. This child was demon-possessed and was probably acting out in violence and anger, and she needed help in a desperate way. It may be that the demon is causing bodily harm to the child, but this was a situation in the case of another demon-possessed child in Matthew 9 and 27. But there's a reason she cried. Now, in Matthew 15, 23, Jesus tells us that she cried after Jesus. Now, the word cried 
means to shout out after. It is the idea of a loud, persistent shrieking. Anybody here other than me know what it means to uh, cry out aloud after Jesus? Well, this woman was shouting to Jesus for the help she needed. Why was she so frantic? Why was she see, she so frantic? She was heartbroken over the condition, uh, and any parent would be. She was heartbroken of the condition of her child, and she was determined to get the help her child needed, which leads us to the reason she called Jesus in verse 25. It tells us that this woman had heard of him. And so perhaps she had heard about Jesus and it healed how he healed all manner of the sickness and diseases and how he had opened the eyes of the blind and unstopped the ears of the deaf and about how he had driven the demons from other people. Now, she may have even heard about how Jesus had gone over into the country of the Gadarene and had delivered the man possessed by a legion of demons. She may have said, if he can deliver that man from a legion of demons, surely, surely he can deliver my daughter from the grip of one devil. I want you all to stay with me now. This woman came to Jesus because faith and hope had been aroused in her heart. She needed something that society, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. She needed something that those things uh, were not able to provide what she needed. She was looking for something that her dead religion had been powerless to give her. She needed a solution that she had not been able to provide by her own self-effort. She needed something. She was desperate, and she saw Jesus uh, as her only hope. Maybe you want, maybe what you need tonight, my friend, if you don't have it, is salvation. You need deliverance. Or maybe what you need is restoration and forgiveness. Whatever the need in your life may be tonight, you should take a lesson from this woman. What's that lesson? Get that need to Jesus. Amen. Get that need uh, to Jesus. So regardless of what you face, regardless of what you and I face in life today, tonight, the answer will be found in Jesus. He can move your mountain, meet your needs, save your soul, forgive your sins, touch your loved ones, you name it. He can do it, but you have to get it to him. So don't be afraid to call on him. He invites you to come. You don't have to bear this burden alone. Bring it to Jesus because he cares. Second, let's look at the mother and her resolve. The mother and her resolve. This woman comes to Jesus for help. And when she doesn't get the response, she imagines she stays after Jesus until she gets what she wants. But there are hurdles and hindrances of faith. This woman had to overcome many hurdles, many hindrances, hindrances to her daughter's healing. It seemed that she met resistance to her request at every turn, yet she persisted until she got what she wanted. Look at some of the obstacles she faced uh, and overcame by faith. And hopefully this is a lesson for all of us. The obstacle of race in verse 26, it tells us that this woman was from Tyre and Sidon. Matthew 15, 22 tells us that she was a Canaanite woman. This reveals two things about this mother. First, she was descendant from a cursed people. 
When Joshua led the people of Israel into Canaan, they had been confronted or commanded to totally destroy the Canaanites. She was a mother of a doomed race. Second, she was from a region known for vile religious practices, and this woman had two strikes against her just from the very start. But then she had the hurdle of religion. She came to Jesus and called out to him and said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. Here she was, a Gentile mother, crying out to a Jewish Messiah. She had no right to come to Jesus through the door of Judaism. She was a Gentile, and according to Matthew 15, 23, Jesus gave her the response she deserved. It said, he answered her, not a word. And then she had uh, the, the hurdle of uh, racism. Uh, when the disciples see her and hear this Gentile calling out to their Messiah, they react by telling Jesus uh, to send her away. They wanted nothing to do with her. She was not one of their people. And so in their eyes, she was different, and that was enough to justify them not caring about her at all. And finally, you see the hurdle of rejection. As Jesus speaks to this woman, his words appear harsh to, her, to our ears. His words must have shaken her to the very core of her life. His words probably broke her heart. Matthew 15, 23, and 26 adds, much detail concerning this conversation, but first Jesus simply ignores her. It is as if he turns a deaf ear to her cries for help. Don't you feel like sometimes God is silent when we pray to him? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But then he hears her uh, that his whole purpose in coming to this world was to reach the lost sheep of Israel. When she persists, Jesus tells her that she is a dog and does not deserve the children's bread. That's cruel. Uh, The disciples rejected her, and now it appears that Jesus is rejecting her too. So then we come to the hurdle of reality. Here's the real deal. The reality of this situation is harsh. Her daughter was possessed by a demon. She was a member of a doomed race. These religious men did not seem to care about her, her or situation at all. It must have appeared to her that her situation was hopeless. Now, Some of us, some of you who are listening tonight, have the same barriers, hurdles, hindrances, obstacles today. You might be a lost person, and you know you need Jesus, but you feel like you have no right to come to him. You you feel as though you're so dirty that Jesus won't accept you. You know you're from a doomed race. You know that you have discovered that religion will not work. You have experienced the rejection of the religion, religious people around you, yet you still want to see your life change. Well, let me tell you, you can come to Jesus no matter what you are or who you are. If you do, Jesus won't turn you away. So what obstacles are you facing today? Persist in seeking the Lord, and in his name you will, be, you will see every. Um, barrier, every obstacle fall, because your faith will not be defined by what you receive from God, but by what it takes to stop you from getting to God. What's what's stopping you? Then we see the opportunities to face. Here we see Jesus speaking uh, with this woman. He never slams the door of hope in her face. Jesus says, let the children first be filled. The word first was exactly what this broken-hearted mother needed to hear. Jesus did not say, you cannot have what you're looking for, he said. 
I have come to the children of Israel, and they must be filled first. So she took that to mean that seconds, you with me? She took that to mean seconds were available. You know, after you get your first click, then, you know, you can get your second click, your second. You see, these obstacles that are thrown up by the Lord Jesus were not placed there to discourage and defeat this lady. The obstacles and the hurdles were placed there to mature her faith. Watch the part. Watch the progression. Watch this. In Matthew 15, 22, Mark 7, 25, she calls on Jesus based on his role as the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah. She receives no help there. She has no right to approach him on that ground. But then further, if you read Matthew 15, 24, 25, Mark 7, 27, she hears Jesus tell her that his mission here on this earth is to the nation of Israel. When she hears this, she moves beyond seeing him as a Jewish Messiah. She now sees him as her only hope. She sees him as being worthy of worship. She bows down to him, humbles herself at his feet, gives him the worship he deserves, and appeals to him for the help she needs. Now, she hears Jesus compare her to a dog. The Jews looked at all the non-Jewish people as dogs. The word they used uh, refers to a mangy cur, which is used as a metaphor of people who are unclean, filthy, and dirty. So, in fact, the Jews used this word to refer to the sodomites and homosexuals. And Jesus used this word, if you have time to look at it. The word here, the word used here is different. This word means little puppy or a pup. It refers not to mangy, dirty dogs, but to a pup a little puppy, little dog, that is a beloved pet in a house. It refers to an animal that's looked, that's looked on as part of the family. And those of you who have pets, that, that you would understand uh, that imagery. Now, I always imagine that Jesus had a twinkle in his eye as he says that this uh, woman immediately catches the meaning. The image here is of a beloved puppy sitting under the table while the family eats a meal, uh, it sits there hoping and expecting that someone will, you know, slip a piece of food under the table or on the floor so the dog can eat it or the puppy can eat it. The puppy sees the food. It can smell the food. It knows what it wants. Uh, it's easily within reach. It just needs someone to acknowledge it and give it a bite. So she says, I know that it isn't right to take the food from the children's table and give it to the dogs, but watch that but. Even the dogs are sometimes treated to a morsel from the table. All I'm asking for is a crumb. She wasn't asking for everything. She was just asking for a small puppy portion. Now, can you see how Jesus took this woman and her faith and, and led her along and helped grow her faith? Some of us would have just said, oh, you call me a dog? Well, I'm done with you. But the obstacles and hurdles of faith almost always turn out to be opportunities in disguise. So when we continue to seek the Lord in spite of every hindrance, we're going to eventually see and do what we need done. Amen. Now, there is an obstacle or an obligation of faith. A lot of people, a lot of people, uh, would have given up, as I said before. A lot of folks would have said, okay, I'm done with this. I'll go find my help somewhere else. 
But a lot of people would have given up. I know I probably would have said, I'm not going to go this route. And you would have to give, tell the truth that it's fact. Jesus ignored her. The disciples played the race card. Jesus even compared her to a dog. Yet this woman kept going. She, she persisted. Most folk would have thrown up their hands in frustration, stormed off in anger and said, I don't need this. So much for your God of love, for your message of compassion and your narrow, bigoted religion. I don't want anything to do with you, with your God, or religion like that. That's the way many probably would have reacted when they don't get what they want. They storm out like a little child. They don't want it. But not this woman. Not this woman. She persisted in spite of everything that was thrown into her in, in, in her way. I mean, she, they threw roadblocks everywhere she went. But why? She persisted because too much was at stake. Her little daughter needed to be delivered from her bondage, from that demon. Her family needed to be saved. She needed help, and she was determined to get it. A crumb might have been all she could get, but she knew from that crumb, from his hand, was more, 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 more than enough. She wouldn't give up until she got what she needed. Amen. Now, the application, how much does your problem mean to you? Have you encountered some obstacles and hurdles and roadblocks along the way that have made you throw up your hands and quit seeking God about the answer you need? Have you looked at the hypocrisy and the apathy of the church and concluded that since God's people don't care, you don't care either? Have you decided that God can't help you? God can't pinpoint what your problem is and Jesus can't save your soul? Friend, listen, too much is at stake. Be like this poor mother. Keep bringing that need to Jesus until he answers. Keep seeking his face until he responds. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking on that door, and he'll hand you down a morsel of answered prayers. Finally, we see the mother and her reward. Jesus responded to her faith. He was amazed by the declination, the deepness, the depth of her faith. In fact, this woman is only one of two people Jesus referred to as having great faith. The other person, remember, was a Roman centurion who came to Jesus to have Jesus heal a sick servant, a servant. Amazingly, both of those people were Gentiles. That's the coup. Jesus had tested her faith with hard, harsh words, and her faith had risen to the challenge. Her faith exceeded that of the people he had come to save. Here was a Gentile, Gentile dog, metaphorically, that had more faith than the Jewish scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, the priests. This kind of faith excites the Lord. Does your faith excite the Lord? Or are you one of those, okay, let me move on. Jesus rewarded her faith. He rewarded her faith by giving her exactly what she asked for. He healed her daughter. Her faith was so strong that she didn't ask for proof. But she took Jesus at his word and turned around and went home to her family. And when she arrived home, she found her daughter healed and her family restored. What a blessing. What a challenge for us today. Now, I realize some people in this, that's listening to this program tonight are, are looking at situations and problems and needs that are every bit as hard 
and as painful as that faced this woman or faced by this woman. I know that many of us, many of you have prayed and thought God about uh, your situations and things remain the same. I know that the devil and the flesh are whispering in your ear right now. They're saying, because I've been there uh, where some of you have been right now. Here's what this devil is saying in your ear right now. I know what I'm talking about. He's saying, it's no use. God doesn't care. Go away and don't bother him anymore with this. It's never going to change. Your life's not going to change. Go ahead and move on. You'll figure it out after a while. But brothers and sisters, I know that some folk are discouraged and defeated, and you wonder if there's any use or any help for you. But I want you to take heart today, tonight, beloved. There is hope. Yes, there is hope. Tonight might be the night when the master responds to your cry. Tonight might be the day when you see that mountain moved in your life. Tonight might be the the night when you come to him and call on him to be saved. Tonight might be the night when God speaks in your soul and says it's going to be all right. I've already taken care of it. Tonight might be the night when his peace replaces your pain and you get the need, the help that you need. But bring that need to Jesus today or tonight. Bring it with faith in your heart that he will hear you, that he will help you, and he will fix it for you. Bring it to him and place it in his hands and watch him take it and make it as it ought to be. Now, you're probably saying, yeah, preach, yeah, doc. You don't understand how big my problem is. Well, I know how big my God is. I don't know about you, but he does. Look with me just for a few minutes at, at what, what he can do. If you've got a little more time, just give me a few more minutes here. Look in, 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 in the receptors of your mind. Close your eyes. If you know your Bible, you'll understand this. Look, look, look over there. There's Jairus. He places his daughter in the hand of Jesus, and Jesus raises her from the dead. Now, now look over here. What? Look, look right here. There's Lazarus, four days in the tomb. Mary and Martha place him in the hands of Jesus, and what happens? Lazarus lives. There's a multitude that needs to be fed, but no food. A few loaves and a couple of fish, sardines placed in the hands of Jesus, and suddenly everybody had more than enough. Look look over there at the disciples in a boat, in a storm, in the middle of the lake, in the dead of the night. You see them? You see them over there? They're afraid. They're scared. They believe they're going to die. But they place themselves in the hand of Jesus, and they arrive safely to the other shore. What? Look over there. What? Look, look at this. Look at, look at this. Look at this. There's a leper. And he's healed. His ruined flesh is smooth as a baby's. Watch. Come, come, come closer. Come closer. Come closer. You see this blind man? He can now see. Look around the corner. There's a deaf man. He can now hear. Next to him is that crippled man. He can now walk. Look. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. He's hanging on a cross. He's dead. 
they take his body down and place it in a grave. Look, what? Don't don't take don't take your eyes off. Don't take your eyes off. Look, for three days, there's nothing. Hope is gone. It appears that evil is one. But wait, look again. He lives. Jesus lives. Oh, my friends, my beloved. If he can do these things, and they are just a small smattering or sample of what he can do, then surely he can answer your prayers. Surely he can save your lost soul. Surely he can save your lost loved ones. Surely he can save your family. He can save your life. And surely he can forgive you and restore you to that place of fellowship. And surely he can take whatever is wrong in your life and he can make it right. Surely he can do that. A little crumb from the Lord's table might be all you need today. Others may need him to drop the whole platter down for you. I don't know what you need or where you are today, tonight, but I know a God who can meet you where you are and help you get what you need today. Regardless of what you need today or tonight, you can come to Jesus and you can get it. You sought him before in the past and received no answer. Tonight might be the night when he says to you what he said to his mother in Matthew fifteen twenty-eight: be it unto you, even as you will. He has spoken to you tonight. Get to him and get what you need from King Jesus. I hope this lesson has been helpful. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, stay in God's grip. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I know, Lord. I know the Lord. He'll take care. He'll take care. Take care of me. Yes, he will. I know the Lord. I know the Lord. He'll take care. He'll take care. Take care of me. Oh, yeah. He will. Oh, when I'm down oh, yeah. to my last time, oh, yeah. I call on you oh, and you yeah. stay. Every day to walk in the right way. My, my, my. It gets hard. Hard on this road. It gets so rough.
Samir, won't you tell him how he took care of you? Sometimes I gain all by mistake. Lord, I don't know, just don't know what to do. I start to look back over my life. And in your word, I know you'll see me through. Oh, that's right. Oh, no, no, it just can't seem that I can't win. Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a question from our social media platform on Shout It Out. We I want to pose this question to my co-host Clay Phillips. He serves as the evangelist for the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. How you doing, my brother? I'm marvelous, my friend. How about yourself? I'm doing just fine. Now, are you live on Facebook? Oh, yes, sir. I'm live on Facebook. Now, we want to encourage our listeners to go to that platform there on Facebook. It's called Shout Out and get involved in those biblical discussions. Now, here's the question that I have for you from an anonymous queries. And this question came in, uh, I believe it came in earlier today. It says, why do the clergy of Christendom lack faith that that Jehovah's kingdom by Christ Jesus will restore the entire earth into a beautiful paradise garden. Was it not Jehovah's original purpose for the earth? Now, what say you to this question? Thank you, Brother Butler. Um, This is a very good question. The Bible teaches us to be mindful, to be prepared, to answer questions that are asked by those that are seeking God. And so this is a very good question. And I'm just thankful to be able to participate in teaching the Word of God on this broadcast. 
First of all, the question is uh, what we call in theology, uh, it is antithetical. The question is antithetical, which means, Brother Phillips, antithetical. The word antithetical simply means uh, a direct opposite of what the Bible is teaching. It is in contrast uh, to biblical apostolic teaching of the Bible. It is, um, it is mutually uh, incompatible because the Bible, there's nowhere in the Bible that says, if you will, that it was Jehovah's original plan <laughs> for the earth to remain. That is not in the Bible. That is not what the Bible teaches us. Uh, there are some things we need to understand about the Bible. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 through uh, 10, the Bible teaches us whether in the body uh, or out of the body, the Apostle Paul is telling us about some things that he's gone through with. And he, he explained to us, Paul said, listen, listen, listen to me. He said, uh, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years, talking about himself. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. But God knoweth such an one, whether in the body or out of the body. He says, uh, God took me to the third heaven. <laughs> there are three heavens in the Bible. The Bible teaches us where the bird flies. Where the stars rest, and the third heaven is God's throne. So the Apostle Paul addresses, if you will, uh, he said, God took me to the third heaven. He says, it was so dramatic, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. But God knoweth such a one, whether in the body or out of the body. So the Apostle Paul addressed it. He said, now, God put in me a, a thorn in my side because he didn't want me to tell nobody about the third heaven. So God took the Apostle Paul and took him to the third heaven. And the Apostle Paul said when he got back, when he came to himself out of this vision, or whether it was literally or by vision, we do know that he says that he prayed three times to remove that thorn. Every time he got ready to tell somebody, that, that thorn in the side would hit him. Let him know, Listen, I told you, don't tell nobody. And he said, for my grace is sufficient. Paul, my grace is sufficient. Don't you tell anybody. And then uh, uh, he says, I want, you, I, want you, I want you to see something. Turn to uh, I wasn't going to read it, but I got to. First Corinthians, the chapter is 2. First Corinthians chapter 2, and I want to read verse number 9. First Corinthians chapter 2, and the verse is number 9. Because now, remember now, the Apostle Paul said, I want you to understand that I prayed that God would uh, allow me to tell somebody. So, antithetically, what the Bible is teaching us, it is, it is not, it is not, Listen to me. It is not uh, the condition of the earth because the Bible already is going to deal. I'm going to show you that. It is uh, the condition of the heart, the mankind and God relationship. Okay? So it, it is not the con Okay, let, let me for example. 
if my father, when he was alive, he said, uh, Clay, I want you to uh, trim the apple tree. I want you to trim uh, the grapevine, and I want you to mow the lawn. Do that for me. I'm going to buy your car. I'm going to get your vehicle. I'm going to buy your vehicle. So I did all that. Now, I got a vehicle. Whether I wanted that vehicle or not, the idea was I got a vehicle. <laughs> and my dad bought me a vehicle. God said to us, okay, now this is what I want you to do. I'm here, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, and I make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. The objective is to be in the presence of God, regardless of whether it was a, a limo, limo or a brand-new car. I got a car, and I worked on it, and it got better. But now we can't work on heaven because God said, listen, heaven is, is just like our morning. So what is antithetical is we, we are in about uh, whether this earth is going to be the heaven or are we going to be with God in the third heaven. <laughs> so so why are we off? The issue is, are you going to heaven? Are you a member of his body? Are you a member of his church? Are you a member of the kingdom of God that he's coming back for? Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. I go and I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, where Jesus was. Acts says in Acts chapter 5, tell us that he was on the right hand of God in the third heaven. So, listen, listen. This earth cannot be. Why? It, the Bible says, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. It says, but as it is written, listen now, the apostle Paul is writing this. As it is written, eyes have not seen. So I look out there and see the world. But eyes have not seen. <laughs> eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither have Enter into the heart of man the things which God have prepared for them that love him. We, have, we can't even visualize how beautiful heaven must be. I don't want to come back and live on this world here. Whether it live, whether it die, grass don't die, live. It, this, we've seen this. And, and the Bible also teaches us that the secret things belongs to God. Those things revealed belongs to us, Deuteronomy 29, 29. Listen, listen, there's, there's four targets I want to deal with in, in my haste because I don't have much time. Four targets I want to deal with. Number one, I want to deal with uh, the biblical exegesis of uh, supported texts that people use to try to explain that this earth is going to be um, restored to the natural point that God intended to be from the beginning, which God never did. You can't find it in the Bible. Uh, the second thing I want to look at, if you will, uh, second target of the text is the biblical uh, passages that shows and demonstrate that he's not going to do this. He never had intention to do this. 
Then we're going to look at the temporary creation of this world, that God knew it was going to be temporary. And then, and then last, I want you to notice uh, a, a, this, there is a bigger habitation. There is a larger habitation. N- number one, the exegesis of the text. First of all, understand this. When you read the text, you must keep it in its contextual, original contextual order. You must look and read the text in its contextual order. So turn to Acts chapter 3, and I'm just going to show you, uh, you can study it on your own, but Acts chapter 3, when you look at the text that's most used and supported by individuals uh, about Christ coming back, if you look at it as text, what is happening here, Brother Philip? Number one, what is happening that Peter in this text is dealing this is an evangelistic message. He's using an example of eternity. And so in the text we find here, he's talking about Peter is letting us know he healed a man that was crippled since birth. And so he wanted everybody to know that, that there shall be a, a spiritual resurrection. He was not concerned about the physical resurrection, even though he healed this man, but there was a greater lesson that he was teaching. He was not teaching the physical uh, resurrection or, or the rest, restoration of mankind physically. He, his challenge was, let's, let's, let's go back now to Acts chapter 3. You remember now in verse 21, this is the verse that is most supported. It says, whom the heaven must be received until the times of restitution. The word restitution simply means restoration or restored of all things, which God hath spoke by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. So this is what that's this is what they the statement they're trying to use to try to say this. But now this is what not Peter is dealing with. Peter is dealing with back at the verse 19. His concern, his encouragement was a spiritual <laughs> restoration between God and man. It was never God. It, it was always in the mind of God. Always in the mind of God from the beginning. To, uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm It was always in the mind of God from the beginning. God had always thought that. Notice now, uh, if you. Uh, turn with me now to, everybody, turn your Bibles now with me to uh, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Know what the Bible says. If ye then been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. <laughs> not, not on this earth. How you know? Because it says, those things which are above, whether Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And Acts chapter 5 tells us that he was sitting on the right hand of God. But notice in verse number 2. It says, set your affections on things above. Now, he, the Apostle Paul said, listen, I want you to understand, you've got to set your affection on things above, not on this earth. It is, this earth is going to be burned up. I'm going I'm to show it to you. Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. Let your affection, let your affection on this, thing, set your affection on things above. In other words, it says, not on things on the earth. Hello? 
Why are you, you, you need to be concerned about going, you need to be concerned about your affection with God, your relationship with God. That's what Jesus came to restore, our relationship with God. Not this old earth. This earth is going to be destroyed. I'm going to try to take it. You just stay with me for one more second here. He, he goes on and says, he says, set your affection on things above and not on the things on the earth. Then it, is that clear enough for you? Not on the things on this earth? Not, not only that, Peter, so Peter's challenge was in verse number 19. He says, repent. <laughs> repent, ye therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So what is Peter teaching us? He's teaching us, if you will, that we must remain, understand the promise of Jesus Christ's return. His return, it must, it is all about going to heaven. That's why the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse uh, 36, but uh, the day and hour knoweth no man. Nobody knows when he's coming back. So the, the word rest, restoration, the word restoration, uh, etymologically, in the Greek term, means apokatahistemi, apokatahistemi, which is a medical term, which means to restore the health of an individual. So now understand, this coincides with Peter's uh, healing the man that was crippled from birth. Uh, Apotheca histamy is he restored him. So that during the restorement time, the, it, it comes when, the, when Christ came, the restorement time, the restoration came. Hear me now. The restoration it have already came. It's here now. It is the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. When Christ came, it began. And then it, when Christ comes back, that's going to be the end of it. This is the restoration of all things. When Christ comes back for his church, and if you're not a part of his church, you're going to be lost. You've been antithetical, but you ought to be understanding uh, whatever heaven looked like. That's where I want to be. <laughs> and it tells us no man has seen it. It is so beautiful, we can't even describe it. Amen? So, so the messianic prediction, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse uh, 1, God has such a time in divers' manner, speaking time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in the last days spoken unto us by son. It is whatever Jesus said. That's why Jesus said, uh, go to all the world, preach the gospel. If you believe in his baptized, shall be saved. Now, 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 in the last part of it, he said, what thou said do on earth, what shall bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. What? What you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. This is not the church is on earth that we must be mindful of. It is the church 
that we're saved through Christ's blood. Hello? Uh, he, he sent redemption to my God unto his people. He had commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. Psalms 111, verse number 9. That's why we can't call ourselves reverend. That's why I don't call myself reverend. The Bible gives us biblical names to call ourselves. So you used to be got the clergy. Why the clergy and the Christian Christendom? The Christendom, they're doing all sorts of things. The Bible teaches us. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied that name? And done many wonderful words. And the Bible said, Jesus said, Depart, I never knew you. Hello? So the biblical passages that people use to try to demonstrate that this earth is going to be revitalized. Psalms 148 and verse 5 and 6, Ecclesiastes 3, 14, Daniel chapter 12 and verse number uh, 3, the Bible talks about uh, the commandment that God's commandment lasts forever. It also says what does God, what God does lasts forever. Then it goes on and says, this is what it means that God is going to let everlasting. No, 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 no. The etymological Greek word for forever means it is, it is oma, at, oma, at. Now, oma, at is the long, continual into the future. In other words, God says, listen, uh, I'm going to long continue reaching out to you in the future. In other words, what it's saying is, like my wife. I tell my wife every day, not just one day, every day, uh, I love you forever. Now, do I expect I'm going to live forever on this earth? No. What it does mean is that the long, continual uh, in the future, I don't care what happened in the future, I'm going to love you forever. That's what the Bible is teaching us. That God will love us forever. Now, there's, now, the word eternity is different. It's unlike the word everlasting or, or forever, rather. Forever. The word eternity, etymological means without end. <laughs> now, am I going to love my wife without end as a wife? Are she going to love me as a husband? No. The Bible tells us that there will not be given in marriage in heaven. Because heaven ain't going to be so beautiful, we ain't going to be thankful that both of us made it there. <laughs> Anathetically. <laughs> Let the Bible speak, Brother Phillips. Understand this now. Uh, stay with me. So when you talk about uh, God's uh, work, his work is fulfilled. The Bible, Jesus said, I came not to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. So it does end. Now, temporary. Let me, let me wrap it up. Let me wrap it up. I ain't got to go through it. Wrap it up. Temporary creation. Bible tell us so plainly. We look at the Bible. Let the Bible speak, brother. For years, it teaches us in Psalms 102. Write this down. Psalms 102, 25 to 28. It teaches us years have no end. Years have no end. But the work of the hand of God, they shall perish that's in the Bible. So what is the work of God's hands to perish? It's talking about this world, this earth. Then it goes and says that all the hosts of humans shall be dissolved in Isaiah 34, 4. As the 
falling of leaves. Isaiah 51, 6, as white, old as garments and clothing, they rot. Isaiah 65 and 17 shall not be remembered. This earth shall not be remembered, nor come unto man. When we get to heaven, we won't even remember this earth. Remember this, what's going on? Now, like I, I, the other scripture I want to give you so bad, but I, I don't have time. Let me read one more. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Jesus said, heaven and earth <laughs> shall pass away, but my word shall stand forever, a house of many mansions. Amen. Then the Bible tells in Revelation, I like Revelation 21, it talks about a new heaven. And a new earth. Now, let me wrap it up. Let me just come down to antithetical thinking. Okay, antithetical thinking. A bigger, there is a bigger habitation. There is no way everybody that lives on this earth that is righteous, that God saved, is going to be able to live on this earth the way it is now. The size it is. Okay, what you do to it? We'll be squeezed together because. Think about all the people that live on this earth, all the people that are redeemed. I know the Bible says straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life, and two to be defined. It's not. It's talking about in generational gaps. It's speaking of in generational gaps. It's not talking about everybody. When you think about everybody that was saved in the Bible, only the Bible talk about it in Revelation. It gives us a the mother to. Oh, let, 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 can I just read this a little bit of Revelation? Forgive me now. Forgive me. Let me go to Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. And let me begin reading that verse number 9. And then I got to stop. Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9. The Bible says, let the Bible speak for itself. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, all nations, kindreds, and peoples, and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robe and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sitteth on his throne of the Lamb of God. Let the Bible speak, Brother Phillips. What are you saying? I'm telling you there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and this earth is going to be dissolved and burned up. You can want to stay here if you want to. It's up to you. I'm your speaker, Brother Clay Phillips. Remember this. Keep it real. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? Now that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that.
in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is the program reminder. Stevie B's Meat Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. Telephone number to the live show 
is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. On Tuesday, I'm hosting a live show, What I Work in the Lord radio show. That show will air every second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. On the second Tuesday of the month, the show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on the second Tuesday of the month, we'll have a guest speaker of the, from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be making their proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And also during the show, we have the Green Corner segment that's designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. We also have two co-hosts on that show, Luke Gilbert. He's the evangelist for the Overbrook Park Church of Christ in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Isa Mullins, he serves with the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. And the third Tuesday of the month, the show will air from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host, Dr. Antherica Lane, she's a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist. She served the Great Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio. She'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, my co-host, Kelly Fletcher, she serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. And she'll be hosting the Kelly Fletcher Show. That show will air at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then on Thursday evening, I'll be hosting the live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. That show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I have seven co-hosts on the show, Clay Phillips, Dr. Frank Washington, Steve Cora, Robert Lee Johnson, Glenn McMillian, Courtney Carruthers, and Brian Christian Coleman. And on this, on, on that show, um, they'll be presenting their lessons from the Word of God. And each week, I have two co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out, and I'll be posting to one of my co-hosts on that live show. Then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B. Acapella Gospel Music Blast, and that show is the 2022 recipient for the NACAMA National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award, Outstanding Achievement in Record or Radio. And that show will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. And on this radio show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists. We're also doing artist interviews. We're also debuting new music and featuring old music as well. And every third Friday of the month, I'm doing my top 20 countdown show. So for tomorrow night, I'll be counting down my top 20 acapella gospel songs for the month of May on tomorrow night's show. You also have on-demand episodes on various platforms where you're getting your favorite podcasts from, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple, iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. Just search for Stevie B Media Productions. And we also have recorded version shows as well. These shows only appear on iHeartRadio, Deezer, and Amazon Music. Just search for Stevie B Recorded Version Show. We also want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you'd like to become a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954 0-5. Then we have the three E's of Stevie B Media Production. It is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in the study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
am so guilty. The grace of God is all I need. Now I am where I want to be. He set me free. I'm free indeed. I am free and so guilty. The grace of God is all I need. Now I am where I want to be. He set me free. Now I am free at last. I'm gonna be the one to fall. Maybe I'm 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the delay. We're waiting for my other co-host, Courtney Carruthers, so just be patient with us. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I need it, the Lord, before you Yeah. 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Courtney Carruthers. Good afternoon, and thank you again, Brother Stevie, for the opportunity to come on the show and to share some words of encouragement, enlightenment, and enduring for those who are pressing to make heaven their home and those who are searching for the truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Our hope is to give simplistic understanding of what thus says the Lord by being contextually uh, in line with the word of God and how it relates to us in our time. Contextually speaking, we want to employ the, the the laws of interpretation as we strive to come to understanding as to what God requires for man to be saved and what God requires for man to remain saved. We find a rendering of the word faith. A lot of people in this religious in, in various religious arena will speak on the word faith. I want to quickly examine faith. Faith is, uh, faith is simply, well, when we talk about the definite article, the faith, for example, the Bible tells us that in a lot of times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctors of men. Then later on it says, commanded to abstain from me, which God has ordained to be received with thanksgiving. The emphasis on the word or the phrase, the faith. The faith is recognized. The faith is recognized as a definite article signifying what God requires, what God requires. God requires that we hear the whole truth and accept the truth. Therefore, when people say, I have faith in the faith of God, they are saying from the word faith, I have faith. I personally identify by my response to what God requires that I believe, which is assurance of what God requires to be true. For example, the Bible says in Hebrews 11, 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for 
and the evidence of things not seen. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. We will sublime or sublime or require or or state that the word faith in the text context of Hebrews is that all these men and women, like Barak and Samson and Moses and and all the men and women whom the Bible refers to as being the hall of faith, uh, submerged themselves under the requirement of God in hope of receiving a promise of God. What will this mean to us today? If we are following the faith of God, what God requires for New Testament salvation, here it is, we must respond in light of how the early believers responded because the Bible is still applicable for our salvation today. For example, we will state this, that all the apostles, here it is, number one, were sent by the same source, preached from the same source, and saved by and saved souls from the same source. What source are we talking about? First of all, if you're taking notes or you're listening intensively, here it is. They were sent by the same source. According to the missionary journeys and prior to the missionary journeys of Acts, the Spirit sent men. All right? They, the Spirit of God sent men. That's the source. They spoke from the same source. They remembered what Jesus taught them and why he taught them and what the teaching of his, of his and what his teaching will, will do for those who desire to be saved. So let's take a look at those two examples first of all. Acts chapter 2, they were told to tarry in Jerusalem. Acts chapter, uh, Luke 24, they were told to tarry in Jerusalem until they be endowed from power on high. Um, when Acts chapter 2, which many people run to, an evidence of faith, however, and speaking from the same source, um, the Bible says that these men, the ninth hour, third hour of the day, were were supposedly looked upon as being drunk. Peter said, "No, these men are not drunk." Uh, but this is this is what the prophet Joel spoke of, and when they preached Jesus, according to Acts two, the Bible tells us that. All the men who spoke, Peter being the chief spokesman, uh, convicted their hearts to where they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter responded by saying, repent. Here it is, repent. Metania, that is, make up your mind to turn away from that which does not save to that who does save, not turn from what, what does not save to what should save, but who saves. And I want you to identify who saved, not what saved, but who saved us. And, and by the means of who saved us, we have to accept it according to the teaching of the New Testament, all right? So he said, repent and be baptized. That's the conjunction word, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for what reason? The remission of your sins, all right? 
And then it says that over 3,000 souls heard and were baptized the same day. Now, the argument sometimes would mean, well, does it mean pouring water over someone's head or sprinkling? Uh, but evidence of the scriptures show that it was water, a watery grave. When I mentioned the word grave, it was in relation to being buried in water and rising up in the newness of life, according to Romans chapter. Uh, what shall we say then? Shall we continue sin that grace may abound? Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death, that like as Christ was risen from the grave, we also will be risen. Therefore, we ought to walk in the newness of life. So Acts 2 is 1. They were sent by the same source and spoke from the same source. The same thing that Peter preached, we find it also in Acts chapter 8. The Spirit came unto Philip and said unto Philip, Go south to the road called Gaza, and you will find a man of Ethiopia reading from the book of Isaiah. And Philip ran to the, to the chariot. And he found the man reading from Isaiah. He said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Understandest what you are reading? So, uh, then the eunuch said, said, How can I accept some man, not every man, but some man, what men? Men who are called by the same spirit who can preach from the same source. And saved from the same source. So in Acts chapter 2, we identified that Peter and the apostle were sent by the same spirit. They spoke from the same spirit. And they saved from the same source, which is water baptism. Now we see the same thing. The eunuch said, how can I accept some man, here's the key word, shall God. The word God comes from a word called adeya, which means simply point me in the way of truth make it clear to where I can see it for myself. We are trying to make the word of God clear so you can see it for yourself. No one made the man see it. He heard the word clear enough that he can see it for himself. And he and, and Philip said, uh, Philip joined the chariot, got in the chariot and joined with them. Now watch what the Bible says, that as they went on their way, they came to a certain watcher, identify certain watcher. It was enough water for Philip and the eunuch in the desert to, for the eunuch to be baptized and to walk away rejoicing. Amen. Now, one other passage in relation to sent from the same source, spoke from the same source, saved from the same source. We looked at Acts 2. We looked at Acts 8. Do you see any difference of that? No, sir, no, man. You don't see any difference of anybody speaking in tongues, Anybody putting their hands on the radio, anybody falling out, you just see people falling into, getting into the faith through watery grave baptism. We mentioned earlier that the word, the faith, is a definite article stating what God required. Well, how do we know what God required? Well, good question. Go back to Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. Uh, all, uh, all power is given unto me. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Mark 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. 
Acts chapter 10, three things were notified, sent from the same source, spoke from the same source, saved from the same source. Acts chapter 10 talks about Cornelius and his household, that Cornelius was a devout man. I believe everyone listening on the, to the sound of my voice even earlier are devout people searching for the truth of God. And we mentioned that the word God is a way of helping people to see for themselves, view for themselves. The word see, according to the Bible, is a word called blabro, blabro, which simply means to indebtedly identify with clear understanding of contextual, exegetical interpretation of the scripture. What we are doing, we're paralleling the various thoughts in sequence and sequential order of what people did who said they have faith in God, they responded to what God requires by, 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 by doing what God commanded. And baptism is a command for a man and woman to be saved today. Now, here it is, Acts chapter 10, just a skim thought of it. Cornelius was his household were, were devout men, uh, uh, pray, giving praying and giving alms. And then Peter himself was over, had a dream, overshadowed and had a dream. In Acts chapter 10, that dream was he saw all kind of animals in one net and, and uh, was told to rise, slay, and eat. And Peter said, no, sir, um, I will not. And Jesus, the Spirit said to him, Come, nothing I made common or uncommon. And so Cornelius was told to send men to Joppa to Simon Serene, Tanner, and you'll find a man lodging there by the name of Simon Peter. And Simon Peter will tell you what one must do to be saved. The same Peter that was sent in Acts chapter 2 to Jerusalem with the other apostles is the same Peter now being told, being getting ready to tell Cornelius and his household what they must do to be saved. And he said God basically was showing that God is using this time to bring in not, not only the Jews, but also the Gentiles. And when, when Cornelius and his household heard this message, according to Acts chapter 10, um, uh, they began to believe. And, and Peter said, can any man forbid water that these should not be saved? And he commanded them to be baptized. Yeah, we, already, we already identified that the word baptism means to be underwater for the redemption of one's sins. And to be saved. Now, what's so important about Cornelius is that, uh, not Cornelius, uh, the Ethiopian unit, that the Ethiopian unit uh, freely gave his ability to have children. The Philip preached so clearly for him to understand that just like you can't have children, Jesus himself being cut off, have no child. The Ethiopian unit identified what it means to be a man without a family. So he said, I will become this man's child. This, I will become Jesus' child. I will become his child because I, he, he offers benefits, not just benefits for this earth, but benefits for eternity. We want people to be saved according to the Bible, the way the apostle preached and people responded to the faith of God so that they will not only have benefits on earth, but they'll have benefits for eternity. Don't you want to go to that land where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow, but peace and joy and happiness all day long. Now, heaven symbolically, according to Revelation, is given figures and types um, to describe to us how beautiful heaven must be. But really, heaven 
is lying on the breast of Jesus. A picturesque view of lying on the breast of Jesus, being at peace, is in John 14, where the Bible descriptively shows us, uh, according to word study pictures, that John was lying on the breast of Jesus, and Jesus rubbing his forehead said to let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. That in my father's house are many mansions. Here he's identifying with man one. They want to see big, beautiful things, but the big, beautiful thing beyond the mansions and before the mansion is being on the lying on the big, beautiful, uh, 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 being in the big, beautiful presence of God, being comforted by his his hand, stroking our head and saying, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." But to get there, to go there, and to live there, we must become his child. In order to become his child, we must be buried in the water of great baptism. In order for a child to be born, they must break water. In order for us to be born today, we also have to break water. Well, spiritually speaking, we too must break water. Well, how do we break water? First of all, the seed must be planted in our heart. What is the seed? It is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus died, buried, and rose again, on the third day, and he said, Paul declares this for us. We said, More, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, whereby ye are saved and whereby ye stand. If you keep in memory the things that I preached unto you, and the way we're going to be saved, and not only be saved by water of your baptism, but to remain saved by keeping in memory what was preached unto us. Well, what was preached unto us is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death the burial, and the resurrection. Peter says it this way, that as long as I'm in this tabernacle, I will not be negligent to stir your minds up to remember that which I preach unto you, unless you forget. The word stir comes from a word, anna's a pearl, which means make alive again. We need to make the word of God, the gospel of Jesus, alive in the hearts of God's people. And therefore, getting back to my point, Cornelius, uh, was saved by the same source like everybody else, which is water grave baptism. One more evidence is this. Philip, I mean, uh, in Acts chapter 16, Peter, I mean, Paul and Silas were locked up in the Roman jailhouse. The Praetorian guards were watching them. They were in the bottom of the third jail uh, of Caesar's household. And in Acts chapter 16, instead of woeing, they were worshiping. Instead of crying, they were, they were, they were proclaiming that Jesus will save. So they were singing and praying at midnight. They were singing and praying. And they're implied right before the jailhouse broke open, the, the, the bars broke open, the uh, jailer was hearing Peter, Paul, and Silas preaching and singing and teaching and reminding themselves that this is for God's glory. This is for us to reach folk in other places. We cannot reach the Philippian jailer unless we, we are where the jailer is. And so they reached the Philippian jailer, and he heard them talk about Jesus, and he brought them to his house, and he and his whole household were saved that night. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon or 3 o'clock in the evening, but when a baby gets ready to be born, that baby's going to break water, and you'll hear women say, I broke water. That means the baby is coming. God is saying to us that he wants us to be free from sin, free from condemnation, free from death and be alive unto salvation. And the way to do that is that we must respond to God. The word of God is a now salvation. It's not a first Sunday of the month salvation, nor a fourth Sunday of the month salvation. A once a year salvation, it's a now salvation. The Bible says in Acts 22 and 16, and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. Here it is. Arise and be baptized. Wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ 
Second Corinthians 6, 2, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. That's an imperative clause, meaning that you have no other moment but now to be saved. Peter says it this way. In 1 Peter 3, 21, the light figure went to baptism does also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. James says it this way, uh, what is your life? It is nothing more than a vapor that appears for a little while, but then vanishes it away. Why not do it tonight? Why not say I'm going to break water? Why not say I'm going to come to the Church of Christ where they preach the sound gospel of Jesus? The word sound means healthy, to get us right with God. And if you're not in right with God, why not get right with God tonight? How do you do it? By hearing the word. You heard it tonight, that having faith in Jesus. Is this deep faith is a definite article. It is required is God's requirement for us to be saved. What does God require for men to be saved? Confess with your mouth only. We uh, uh, do the Holy Ghost Spirit dead. No, we shown by evidence of the Scripture that we shown by evidence of the Scripture that every man that preached in the Bible in the Acts in the missionary journeys preached salvation, sent by the same source, saved by the same, spoke from the same source and saved by the same source, and lastly, they are all in the same household of God. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. First Corinthians 12, 12 says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. There are not many bodies, but one body. Yes, the one body universal, but it has one name, has one Savior, has one head, has one gospel, has one way of salvation. According to Ephesians chapter 4, the seven one, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God above all, in you all, and through you all, whereby we are saved by that. And so you've got to get into the one that you can read about in the Bible, not in the Baptist History Manual, not in the Jehovah Watchtower, not in the Pentecostal uh, Manual, not in, not, in the, not in the Mormon Manual, but in the Bible, because the Bible is the inspired word of God. I hope and pray tonight that I was able to shake your heart, stir your soul, stir your, uh, 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 wake up your spirit to realize that, yes, what we listen to every Thursday from these various men of the word of God, they are all preaching the same doctrine from the same source and saving by the same source and preaching where we remain saved, which is the church of Christ. Romans 16, 16, salute one another with the holy kiss. And the church of Christ salute you. First Corinthians 12, 27, for by one spirit are we all, uh, the body is, now the body is the church. Amen. First Corinthians 12, 27. And we, there's, in Ephesians chapter 4, there's one body. How to get into that one body which Jesus is the head of, according to Hebrews chapter 3, that Jesus is the head of the body, uh, Colossians 1.18, that Jesus is the keeper of the house. How do we get into that household? We must become a member of his family, and by becoming members of his family, he brings us into the household of God, which is called the church of God, the church of Christ. God bless you, and may he bless you real well. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
last chance You ought to come to Jesus You ought to come to Jesus Because the Bible says these words Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank all of my co hosts, Dr. Frank Washington and Courtney Carruthers, for that fine word they preached on the show this evening. Also, my co host, Clay Phillips, he answered our shouted out question. That brother preached, he always preaches. Uh, <laughs> brother Clay loves to preach. You can just tell that's a preacher right there. I really appreciate their efforts on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't take any of this for granted. I am just so grateful for the efforts that these brothers put on this show every week. What a blessing it is to have faithful men of God God, who are willing to proclaim the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. I'm just so proud 
of these brethren because these brothers are doing an outstanding job in their proclamation. It is my prayer that the lessons this evening have been beneficial in your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord will be strengthened because you not only tune in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real Real good. You've been listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. On behalf of my co-host, I really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Steve R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.